let me welcome uh, Malisiba Mashiane, who is one of uh, the students who sent us a, a message, and we we were engaging with her on uh, on on the line. Thank you very much, Malisiba, for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Aunt Patricia, and to all your listeners. Thank you for having me. You sound so much relaxed, so better. <laughs> you, I hear it in your voice from the first time you and I interacted on the show. There was so much tension. Yes. Take us back briefly um, uh, for those who, who didn't have the privilege of tuning in. What was the challenge? Okay, um, so we had a challenge as final year law students who had one module remaining and we were given the opportunity to write an early exam for that module, of which we did. But then um, out of a couple of students, a few of us failed um, that module and funny enough, we failed with the same mark same mark rate and we found that to be a bit um, out of the ordinary and we were very sure that we had passed um, that exam and we had to engage our lecturer we had to engage um, the head of department we had to engage the dean to ask them to please look into this because we are sure there's no way we could have failed that module and upon trying and trying and trying, at first we were ignored, and then we were sent from pillar to post, and finally um, somebody came to our aid. Um, so that person organized a meeting for us uh, with SRC, a few students from our group who are affected to represent us, um, together with the module lecturer, and a couple other representatives from several other departments. So an online meeting was had, and we raised our concerns as students as to how come we failed that exam, because we know that we passed. Um, we even have evidence of such. And yes, the management and the lecturer did admit that, yes, there might be a fault with the system regarding online exams, and it looks this looks irregular. So they'll have to go back and look into it and come back to us. Um, they had promised to get back to us within a week, uh, but that didn't happen, so we had to wait a little bit longer. We had to engage them with emails, phone calls to say, please update us. We're still waiting. What's going on? And finally, yesterday, um, we came out victorious. We checked our exam results, and indeed, our marks were changed. We were notified that, yes, there was a system error, and yes, we did pass the exam. So finally, we can say we are finished with our qualifications. And right now, we're just waiting for completion letters and our graduation dates. And we are excited that we could take <laughs> this journey with you. And by the way, Melissa, but behind the scenes, we were all working, right? We yeah. worked. We were calling these people. We were sending your emails. I know you guys as well, the students, were not quiet. You were... 
you are on the backs of every uh, person who's an academic um, at at uh, at uh, UNISA, and you are you. I, I know specific people that you are even tweeting and DMing. <laughs> I'm glad you did not sit down. We are proud of you. Thank you for taking this journey with us on uh, the Morning Bliss Service Delivery Watch. We are happy that now you are able to move forward with your careers no longer stifled congratulations to you thank you so much and we definitely appreciate your help i mean every input counted in this regard that's why we didn't back down because if we had given up none of this would have happened so we had to make sure that we do everything we we could whether it's phone calls whether it's going to campus, whether it's engaging social media, engaging the media, we just had to pull all the stops because in the beginning no one could could hear us. So we had to keep on and we thank you so much as well for putting all the work behind the scenes. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much and congratulations. Thank you. Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Bliss. Uh, continuing with Service Delivery Watch, another burning issue uh, of a service uh, that is good but with challenges uh, this morning we are joined by the team uh, clinical team from Rahima Musa Mother and Child Hospital on the line we've got uh, senior clinical manager Dr Benson Dr Benson good morning and thank you for joining us this early morning yeah good morning Patricia and good morning to the listeners uh, you are not alone, Dr. Benson. Uh, your colleague, uh, uh, Matron Leslie Rose, Deputy Manager of Nursing at Rahima Musa. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Matron Rose. Good morning, Patricia, and good morning to your listeners, and good morning, Dr. Benson. This... Good morning, Leslie. So, you know, the hospital where you are at, um, Rahima Musa Hospital, is a hospital that has birthed a many children and looked after a lot of mothers and children. But the, of late in the media, there's been a lot of negative publicity, and I think it would be apt for us to start there. Dr. Benson, what have been the challenges, and how have you overcome these challenges? Because we want to hear the side of your story as the clinical manager. Yeah, the, the biggest challenge that we have at the hospital is that uh, hospital is too small for the number of patients that we are serving. In terms of uh, service delivery, we have the second highest number of um, well patients that deliver at the hospital uh, after Chris Anibera, but we've got about 30% of their space. And that's the biggest challenge. So we do have overcrowding with, with patients uh, at stages sitting on chairs. And that 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 is the biggest challenge. Uh, if you look at the hospital, the hospital is 80 years old. And there hasn't been uh, any upgrading of the space of the hospital. The hospital space have, have remained static. But the number of patients have increased. For instance, 
in the year 2010, we had about 8,000 deliveries. In the year 2020, we had about uh, 16,000 deliveries. So the deliveries have doubled, <coughs> but the space has not doubled. So that that's the biggest challenge we've got. Uh, with that challenge of uh, having so many uh, births, I'm coming to you, Matron Rose. How do you make sure that your staff is able to deal with it? Have you hired more staff? Uh, and that's the other it, challenge. It, it, can Matron Rose take this one, please? Okay. Matron? Okay. Um, no, um, unfortunately, Patricia, we haven't been able to hire more staff because um, our staffing hasn't changed since 2005-2006, so we have the same amount of staff that we had when we were doing 8,000 deliveries, and now we're um, doing six, double that amount of deliveries. So it is very challenging for our staff because obviously they can't meet all the needs, although they really try, and we do use um, agency staff, so now and then, to try and mitigate in some of our high-risk areas like our maternity and neonatal departments and also in our theaters to just try and assist with the large numbers of patients that we are seeing. But it's not just nursing that hasn't changed, it's across the board. So our hospital is really struggling. But... um. Most of our patients come up with very good outcomes and return for more and more for all their children to be delivered there. And, and people come from other provinces, other countries to still come and receive the care that they receive at our hospital. Because although, um, you know, space and staffing are problems, patients still get excellent care. And so they return frequently. You know, um, we are shivering here in the studio with uh, uh, Brabenzito. Um, the fact that your staff complement has not changed for so many years, meaning you are understaffed but overworked. And you are still continuing to give service at the best ability that you are at. Whereas, you know, the reports we were seeing were no the, the hospital is not well managed, the hospital is not well run, the, the hospital is not that clean. However, there are challenges that were not cited. And now that, uh, Matron Rose, you are putting it to us, it's very clear that more support needs to be given to the hospital. Um, I'm coming to you now, uh, Dr. Benson. Dr. Benson, how do you keep your staff motivated if you have doubled in the number of childbirths, and that's not the only thing that you you deal with at the hospital, how do you keep them motivated? Yeah, it's it's extremely difficult because if you have staff that's overworked, um, there's very little that you you can do. For instance, if you look at the number of cesarean sections, they have increased tremendously. And if you look at our theater, there's severe pressure on our theaters. The one thing that we uh, can do is uh, recognize uh, their contribution and to uh, obviously encourage them to do more. But ob- obviously when um, you cannot take away the workload that they've got, 
and uh, they the fact that they understand it's very difficult to to keep them motivated. Um, I, I think uh, you, Patricia, delivered at the hospital recently, mm. and you cited the number of of people that that uh, rendered excellent work. What we did is recognize those people that that you cited. And on, obviously encourage them. Uh, there's a doctor that you um, cited, and there's a number of nursing staff. So what one do is is obviously recognize the good work that they've done. Look, I, I won't lie, Dr. Benson. It was not easy. The facilities aren't um, well, you know, very pretty and aesthetic. However, uh, because of the amount of uh, clinical equipment you've got that is world-class, then the service becomes beyond, you know, um, what others could look for um, from from your sonographic department that is able to detect, um, uh, you know, things that other sonographers can't detect because you've got such great equipment to having oncology. Uh, you get checked for absolutely everything and every eventuality. And then the staff, I will not lie to you. This, your staff is amazing. Um, from my journey, started with Dr. Tekeli and uh, Dr. Adam. Um, they were amazing. I didn't have an, an easy pregnancy at all, at all. And I had to be referred by another doctor to make sure that I get attention there because all the equipment that is needed is all in one facility in this country, in this city, in this province, uh, via hospital. So Dr. Adam, who's um, um, Dr. Tekeli's intern, was a absolutely amazing the list is endless and i made sure that i i got all the the, the nursing staff's details um and the the hospital staff to your cleaners uh what's her name rushana stiankamp is a cleaner and she made sure she was polite every single time i bumped into her not only to me to everyone and she would apologize and say you know i'm the only one here on this floor but i'm doing my best please bear with me and for me, that is good service because we can't always want the the the, the, the world class, knowing where we are as a country and knowing the struggles of the Department of Health. But all these uh, nursing staff and uh, uh, medical staff have been amazing. Um, Matron Rose, I'm coming to you now. When we look at your shifts as medical professionals, what do they look like? <laughs> because. <laughs> Hey, red eyes are something I don't see on your corridors, but it seems you have long shifts. And sometimes uh, your specialist doctors um, are on call even longer than 12 hours. Yes. Um, so, Patricia, our doctors do work up to 24 hours Um whereas our nurses work 12 hours, 12 hour shifts. So they work day and night shifts. So, You'll either be on day or you'll be on night duty as a nurse and you'll work 12-hour shifts and it could be three to four days with a break in between and then um, you'd either work three more days or, you know, so so that's the nursing shift. But um, with our medical staff, they do work much longer shifts and um, they are on call and they're quite busy, especially in maternity, um, extremely busy. Um, our gynae departments are also quite busy because there aren't other um, facilities in the 
catchment area that the gynae or a uh, high-risk pregnant woman could go to. And so um, our doctors are extremely busy. Our theaters are busy um, because of the amount of patients that attend our facility. So they busy day and night with very little breaks in between. And um, this just can be draining. And many of our nursing staff will also work a bit of overtime. We know what our GDP is like in the country and everything that's so expensive. So they need to complement their salaries as well. Um, and doctors also do overtime and so do other allied professionals like your radiographers. And um, so the shifts are quite long. I mean, working a 12-hour shift and then going home and seeing your kids and your partner and being up early in the morning again to come and do another 12-hour shift is quite taxing. Lots of our staff don't, especially nursing, don't rely on public transport. And it's not always ideal and it's not always safe. You have to leave home extremely early to be at work on time. And then arrive home. Some of them live quite far from me. They work, so they arrive home quite late. So much as the shift is a 12-hour shift, they might only arrive home two or three hours later and have to leave very early to reach home Mm. on time as well. It's it's not an easy one, Matron Rose. Yeah, so they have to be committed and and it's it's really love what they do. Mm. Let me just wrap up because we we need to go to the news now. Um, uh, Dr. Benson, quickly in uh, less than uh, sixty seconds for me, tell me: Are there any new developments um, or improvements that we can anticipate from the hospital? Yeah, we are busy renovating our neonatal unit. They've looked at upgrading our uh, generator. Uh, we will look uh, at upgrading our ED, our emergency department as well. So we're working with the national and provincial government to address all these areas. We're looking also to upgrade our uh, maternity unit. So these are the work that we are looking to, to do at the hospital.